Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Yes, God. God, we just pray, Lord, this morning, Father, that we have come together, Lord, to pursue you, to hear from you, Father. And Lord, we pray that, yeah, you would fall afresh on us in this place. We pray, God, that as we open up the Bible, your word, the scriptures, Lord, we pray for revelation that when we put into application would bring transformation into our lives, that we would walk out changed, that we would walk out a little different, that we would walk out ready to go for this next week. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here in Kalamunda, Church of Christ. And we thank you, Father God, that you are for this place, you are for these people, and you are for this city. And we just thank you, God, for the great impact that this church has on its community. We thank you, Father, that it is an outward-focused church. And we thank you, Lord, that the people have a big heart for you, God, and for people. So we pray, Lord, would you have your way. Articulate everything that comes out of my mouth, that there'll be your words and yours alone. And we thank you, Father, for this precious time that we have together, to gather as your church, ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise to God because He deserves it. Amen. He does. Let's thank our worship team. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for leading us in worship in this time. You may be seated. Uh, How's everyone doing this morning? You good? You well? Um, If you didn't know, my name is John Mez, and it's great to be here. Um, I feel like uh, I come... um, every like maybe for the last five five years I've been coming around and I've been on the journey and uh, and I guess you guys have been on the journey with me and so every time I come uh, we, we planted a church my wife and I four years ago uh, from scratch uh, and we're, we're in Coburn and we just found a venue a new venue in um, Kennedy Baptist College which is a beautiful place there and uh, we uh, have two kids and I thought I'll just put up a picture of them. There they are. This is the other day. So that's um, my wife, Sarah, and Luca. He's the youngest. He's one turning two next week. And Lexi, she is four. And they are troublemakers, everyone. They are big troublemakers. And they got so much personality. Um, Lexi, I, I swear, I, I've been a youth pastor for 10 years. And, um, and then in leading our church, I was like coming up and she's got all these emotions. And I was thinking, I thought that I have to deal with these when you're 13, you know, like 12, 13 years old, know everyone, big emotions, big emotions are happening, and um, just pray for me, pray for me, okay? Um, It's so good to be with you, and uh, if you're new, and this is your first time at Kalamata Church of Christ, this is a beautiful place with great people, and beautiful people that love others, and that's what I love about this place, and that's what I love about the people here. And so um, I'm here to help us, encourage us, and we, we have, we've had youth conference, um, maybe that's why the light's going crazy, and that, um, or maybe that's just how you do things here, I don't know, but um, you, you know, I, you might have walked in here going, is this a rock and roll concert with the, let's get loud, you know, let's get loud, 
Uh, I'm enjoying though the guitars and everything like that instead of the all those like electronic sounds. So um, I'm happy. But we're talking about who am I? And this is a part of the question that who are we as children of God? And, and what is it and that we are supposed to live? How are we supposed to live and outwork this, uh, you could call it a, a journey of following Jesus? And uh, we, God's called us to be disciples. And so uh, I think in Matthew 5 verse 9, Jesus unpacks it. These are the Beatitudes. This is um, those that if you're a Christian, this is what you do. And so here it says in Matthew 5 verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Wow. So if you want to be known as a child of God, if you want to be a child of God, then this is very, very important. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God of God, for they will be called. So what does it mean to be a peacemaker, okay? Not to have a pacemaker, everyone, but to be a peacemaker, all right? It, it's here in uh, Greek word 1,648, 1, Irenopius, and that is peacemaker in Greek. And it's one who restores peace and reconciliation between persons or even nations, and that is a, a peacemaker, so, um, you know, I don't have to be very prophetic, okay, and working in the Spirit to say that you will be offended, okay? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and let them know that they will be offended. Just tell them. Tell them you will, you will be offended. Offense comes, everyone. Offense. Maybe you said that by... Maybe that was your wife and you'd already offended her this morning or you'd already offended him this morning on the way, walking in. But you, you, will, you will be offended. We, we don't have uh, control over, over offense coming to us, but we've got complete control over what we do with that offense. So uh, I remember, has, every, has anyone been offended in this place? Just lift your hands if you've been offended. Okay, for everyone, if you didn't raise your hands, please take the mic. Please take the mic. You, you better preach. You better preach on this sermon. <laughs> but uh, I was offended often in school, everyone. And that was probably the reason why I got in a few fights. And this was all BC days, before Christ, okay? Before I knew Jesus Christ days, okay? It's not last week. Uh, and and um, I remember that I was, I was this uh, white guy that was hanging around in the Asian group, okay? So yeah, that was me. That was me walking around the Asian group, and there I was, and these guys used to pick on me, and they were, you know, just shouting out these words. And this one day, I was walking down the quadrangle, and as I was walking, um, there they were yelling out words that of... of a declaration, definitely not affirmation, okay? Words that I would not repeat in the church and the house of the Lord with the believers, okay? Um, but words that, that offended me, offended me so much that I got so offended that maybe it was an offense buildup, but it was into that point where I was like, all right, that's it. And I, I walked across and I went and I said to my cousin, hey, Chris, these guys, let's take them out. And he's like, yep. Yeah. Now, he was, a, he was a year older than me. Now, Chris, he, 
He's a crazy guy, okay? Even nowadays, I still feel like he could kill someone, okay? And uh, so he comes, and then we walk up to them. Now, I do not condone any of these actions, by the way, okay? But this is all for the offense story, okay, that I had to bring this about. They were sitting down, and then they saw me and my cousin Chris coming up to me, and so they stood up, and we all knew, knew it, was, it was on, and, and then we came up, and then all of a sudden, I just see my cousin just run and like fly kick this person. As he fly kicks that person, he turns around, he goes there, and I, I then went across to this other guy, and I started punching him, and then this other guy, and I turned around, and my cousin had taken all the other seven out. Like, they were all on the floor, everyone. They were all on the floor, all taken out, and he comes up to me, yeah, and then we just walk off. Now, I ended up in, well, we both ended up in the deputy's office, okay? We're sitting in there. I'm trying to work out. This is, this is the days before mobile phones, everyone. Principals, teachers couldn't call a mobile phone and go tell you the story. It was all done by slips, yeah? Who remembers those days, yeah? Slips. And so I'm thinking, how can I try and maybe forge my mum's signature or something? And I'm sitting down. How am I going to let my mum know what I'm doing? And I'm just thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to be uh, suspended and, um, and not again. Uh, and I'm sitting down and my cousin's there and I'm looking at my cousin and he just looks cool. Like he's just sitting there. And I'm like, maybe he just doesn't care. You know, I, I don't know. And then the deputy principal, he goes, um, he says, oh, so... Look, guys, this is very serious in a fight. Why did you guys go and why did you guys go and fight all these guys? And my cousin just said, they called me black. That's what he said. They called me black, all right? Now, it's probably more brown, but anyway. Um, so all of a sudden, the deputy principal was, okay, well, thanks for that. I'll see you later. And we just stood up and walked out. He fully, he fully pulled the racist card, right? And I was like, whoa, like, this is amazing. That was amazing. We just literally just walked straight out, like, don't do it again, boys. And he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> we just walked off. But it's funny what we do when we, we get offended. It's funny. It's funny how we react and we respond when we're offended. Like, nowadays, when I'm offended, I do feel like hitting someone sometimes, you know, I do feel like saying some things, but who knows, as we grow up, we realize that we can't just go and do those things that maybe we might feel like doing or say those things, but we, we, we've got to contain those actions and the responses and, and that in life, but being offended hurts, yeah, it hurts. And, and I'm not here to say it doesn't hurt and it shouldn't hurt and are you a Christian? Uh, you can't, you know, it can't hurt. No, no, no. Being offended hurts. And, um, and like I said before, offense comes. You, you, don't, you don't have any power over offense coming, but you have full power over what you do with that offense in your life. So, Let's open our Bibles and let's go to Matthew 6, verse 12, and this is the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus' words, this is, this is not my words, this is not someone else's words, this is Jesus' words, um, and it is about what we do with the offenses that have been done to us. Who's ready to read this? Yeah? Now, 
Let me tell you the uh, title before we get into it. It's called Fix the Flow. Turn to your neighbor and say, Fix the Flow. Fix the Flow. Okay. Matthew 6, verse 12. It says here, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin, who sin against us. Very simple. Very simple. In Matthew 6, verse 12, in the Passion Translation. I love it because it unpacks it a little bit differently. And it says here, Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Okay, so if we go down a couple of scriptures to Matthew 6 verse 14 in the NIV, it goes on to say, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Whoa, this is pretty serious. So let's go to the, the, the Passion Translation. It says here, And when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. Whoa. Does anyone see? This is a pretty important thing. Not only is this important, but, but if you get this, you'll be known as a child of God. If you don't get this, you'll be someone else or something else. But if you get this, if you, if you understand this and pull this, this is Jesus' words. These are serious words. It's not just like, there's just it's one of Paul's writing and maybe you got it misunderstood. No, no, no. This is Jesus' words speaking to disciples, followers of Jesus. He's not speaking to other He's speaking to believers. And he's telling them, hey, this is how you pray and this is what we need to do in this time. So in Ephesians 4 verse 32, um, Paul says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Paul knew that this was very, very important too. This was so important to the Christian faith. In fact, Charles Spurgeon, he's a, a great scholar, he writes this, he stated, unless you have forgiven others, you read your own death warrant when you repeat the Lord's Prayer. Whoa! Okay, what about, this is one of John Wesley's famous statements. Um, Wesley was serving as a missionary to the colonies and was having a terrible time with General, General Oglethorpe, okay, who was noted for this pride and unbending nature in a particularly prideful moment, Oglethorpe said, I never forgive. To which Wesley replied, then I hope, sir, you never sin. Wesley knew that if we pride ourselves on never forgetting a wrong, if we make an unforgiving spirit a virtue, we cannot be forgiven. In fact, C.S. Lewis writes this. We all know C.S. Lewis, great scholar, great writer as well. He says, no part of his teaching is clearer and there are no exceptions to it. He doesn't say uh, we are to forgive other people's sins provided they are not too frightful or provided they are extenuating circumstances or anything of that sort. We are to forgive them all, however spiteful, however mean, however often they are repeated. If we don't, we shall be forgiven none of our own. 
Whoa. In fact, if you were to go into some of the, maybe the study Bibles, like the NKJV or the NLT study Bible, when it gets to this prayer, this line in Jesus' prayer, they don't write anything in it. Because they don't want to offend you about writing about offense, okay? <laughs> but if you go into some of the scholars that go in, they actually say it as it is. They say it as Jesus said it. And they say that, yeah, it is what Jesus says. That, that you cannot be a Christian unless you forgive. You cannot be a Christian. Now, let's go in, in Matthew 18, verse 21. Uh, Jesus starts teaching the uh, disciples. In Matthew 18, verse 21, it says here, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? He's, he's stating this like, look how good I am, Jesus. Look, I will forgive my brother seven times. And then I love this. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. This is great. So if we were to work this out, if we've got 12 hours in a day. So an average person sleeps eight hours a night. So you're only awake for 16 hours. That means 77 times in 16 hours, which is 4.8 times an hour, which works out to be every 12 minutes. That same person that offends you every 12 minutes, Jesus is expecting you to forgive them. Another 12 minutes, forgive them. Another 12 minutes, forgive them. This is a big call, right? This is, this is pretty huge. And then Jesus goes on to say, and to unpack this teaching. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. Then, sorry, the servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all uh, the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had the mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You see, if, if we don't forgive, if we will not forgive, we are not Christians. This is a frightening statement, but it's true for when God's grace comes on our hearts, it makes us forgive. 
You know, we demonstrate whether we have been forgiven by whether or not we will forgive. Let me unpack this. That He's saying, just as you have received forgiveness, then you need to give that. It is a flow, and it's a flow of peace. And the thing is, is that that flow, as we've received forgiveness, as you this morning took that communion, understanding that you have done wrong, that you have sinned, that you have offended God because of Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. All of a sudden, you now have received forgiveness for your sins, your offenses. Wow, how great is that? We love this bit. We love this bit. But then when it becomes about forgiving other people, oh, you know what happens? Uh, we come into a place where if we do not forgive, if we do not release forgiveness in our lives, I want to show you what happens to you if that happens. If you have an unforgiving person. So let's put that chart up. So here we go. Let's click the first button. That's it. The first thing that happens with an unforgiving person is that they come into isolation. They isolate themselves. They go, oh, well, I don't want to hang around with them anymore. You know, and we go, we're, we're offended. And so we're like, I don't like you, and, or I'm offended with you, so I'm no longer going to go anymore, and I'm going to be over here. And then when we go in our isolated state by ourselves, often what happens is we get into the next part of the cycle, which is bitterness. Yeah, so... This is where we're like, oh, I hate that person. Oh, you, you become bitter about what they did. You go over and over and over again of what they did to you and how they did it and it replays. Anyone else like this or is this just me? No, it's just, all right, you go over. And do you, do you ever like rewind what had happened and then you're like, I should have said this. Anyone like that? No, oh, I should have just, you know, you, you have the best comebacks about a day later, right? Like you got, if I was there, and, and then the next time you're around, you're waiting for like that moment to come where you can declare your statement that you've put together. Uh, oh, Lord, help me. Uh, <laughs> but you get bitter, and then you're like, oh, and then that bitterness, you start to project it on other people, and it turns into self-pity. And that self-pity, that, that's a place where now you go up and you tell other people what they had done to you. <gasps> that person said this to me. And, and you're, you're like, oh, woe is me. And oh, if only, if only they didn't say that. And then I would, be, I would have graduated university and I would be working right now. And if, if that hadn't happened and, you know, my whole life is ruined now because of what that person did 20 years ago. You know, what they said, my whole, and we put it and then we get people around us and we want them to feed us with the, oh, Poor you. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, you can feel like that. We like hanging around those people, right? We like that. We like those people that enable that, that, oh, woe is me. And yes, yes, they're wrong and not you and this and that. And then we come to a place of depression. And that is where we have these feelings of just, I feel terrible. I feel depressed. I feel so like all my feelings are just sad and underwhelming. And then we get into that place of depression. And then it goes again. 
we get another offense. And then we go from that state of depression, then we go into a deeper isolation with another person because they told us, hey, maybe you should, no, well, I got offended because they tried to help me. And then we get into this place where we're in this lower state of from there to then bitterness and then self-pity and then we're in deeper depression and we'll just keep on going until we're in such a dark place that you won't want to go anywhere, you won't want to do anything, You'll be so, your insides are so black, are so hurt, that, that, and, and it is so hard to live a life in this place of depression because of what has been said or what has been done to you. You see, to forgive is divine. Yeah. To not forgive is demonic. See, forgiveness is a miracle. Forgiveness is a miracle, that you are forgiven, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus, what God, God wanted to be right with you. He wanted to forgive you, so He sent Jesus to die in your place, so then we could be forgiven and we could be right, we could be in relationship with the Father, and that's what He wanted for you, that's what He wanted for me. And right there, that is an absolute miracle. You see, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we're all here today. Do you know why? Because, because it is because of what happened on a cross 2,000 years ago that we, the church, were birthed here and we are here in this place. I would never be here if it wasn't for Jesus. You would never be here with, with, because we're all so different, but it's, it's supernatural that we are here today. So, I want to let us know how to break the cycle of offense in our lives. Is this okay? Is everyone learning something? Yeah? You know, it's, it's easier for a younger person to preach this because I haven't lived for, for longer, right? Because <laughs> the truth is, the longer you live, well, the, the higher priority, the, the more chances you are to be offended really, really bad. It's the truth. And so, as we go in here, all these young people are like, yeah, 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 you just wait. Your times will come. Your times will come okay how to break the cycle of offense in our lives the first thing we need to do is identify our offense so many times I could just be going on and we know those people go oh are you okay yep, of course I'm okay that didn't hurt that didn't hurt. I'm, I'm strong tough you're like no no you are so offended <laughs> but you just don't want to reveal that to yourself you, you, you don't want to, you actually don't want to reveal it. Or maybe there's offense that's happened and you don't even, you're not even aware. This is like David and that's why David writes in Psalms 139, verse number 23. He says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense, sorry, if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David had a revelation of how important offense can be and he goes to God. He's got a heart after God, although he's made lots of mistakes. I, I like it because the, the fact that we don't have to be perfect and we can still have a heart after God's own. But he goes in there and he goes, search my heart, O God, and see if there's any, any offense in any way inside of me so then he can deal with it. You see, if you can't see it, you'll never be able to deal with it. 
If you can't, and sometimes you might just need the help from your spouse, you know, because they'll be able to see it. <laughs> they'll be able to, they'll be able to see you. If you're like, no, nah, I'm all good, you're like, well, hey, hey. My wife, oh gosh, can't she just put her finger on a place in my life, right? Can't she put a, her finger on a, a comment that I've said that all of a sudden reveals, actually, yeah, maybe I do need to deal with it. Actually, yeah, maybe I do have something in here. But before we can deal with it, we need to acknowledge our hurt. Don't lie to yourself. Are you so proud and arrogant that you can't see the truth? You know, sometimes that can be us. It can be me. You're so proud and arrogant. Oh, I'm not offended. Oh, that, we, that we can't, we, we, we deceive ourselves and then ultimately we hurt ourselves. Now, the second thing, once we, we've identified the offense the second thing we need to do is we need to release that offense. We need to release our offense. So something, what is that? Something that we can hold over that person. Something that you've done this to me, and you know what? Because you did that to me, I'm holding it over you forever. And that's what we do. We often grab our offense and we use them as weapons for other people. That you can't say that to me because of you did this, because you said that. And what what God wants us to do is actually release that. That means that you can't use that again. That means that you can't say that again. That means that you release that key, that thing that you've held over someone's life and you release it and you're like, um, I don't, you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me any. You know, when someone comes up and tries to, no, 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 no. A lot of the time, we think that we need the other person to forgive. Well, well, that's a great lie of the enemy, yeah? Because forgiveness is about you, but reconciliation, that's about the other person. We've got to get that. You don't need anyone else to forgive. This is just a you. A lot of the time we're like waiting for someone to come and then we can do that. But no, no, no. But you need to release it. So Matthew 6 verse 14, And when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. It's time to grant freedom to people. It's time to grant freedom to us and ourselves. And, and right here, we see that it takes mercy and it takes grace. It's simple, but it's hard, everyone. It's such a simple concept, releasing that, but it's so hard to actually do that when you're feeling those emotions and it takes mercy and grace blessed are the merciful that's another trait that we need as as being christians as being followers of jesus but we've got to remember that look i'm not going to touch on reconciliation because that's a whole nother message but i want to hone in right now on forgiveness the bible shows us clearly the key to releasing your offense and it's to compare the wrong doing to you or done to you with the wrong that you've done to the father in heaven to God do you get this in Matthew 18 verse 32 then the master called the servant in you wicked servant he said I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Wow. 
I can have the worship team come and we can land this. This is the story right here that hits so close to home that what, what happened? It was this guy that he owed so much. He owed countless amounts that he could never pay in his life, okay? And then because of that, he lost all, he couldn't pay it. He begged for forgiveness. He should have been thrown in jail. He should have paid the price for that wrongdoing, for that gold, for that bag. But instead, he begged and the master said, okay, yep, all right, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive that debt. I'm going to forgive that. And then all of a sudden, he goes back and he's been forgiven so much. But the injustice of this part is when he couldn't forgive just a couple bags of silver, just a in comparison to what he'd been forgiven, what he'd been released off, the debt in his life, all of a sudden, hey, I need that $1,000. Hey, I need, he owed a million, but there is $1,000 right here, and I need that right now. And he threw him in jail. And because of that, all of a sudden, the flow couldn't flow. The flow of peace couldn't flow. That The forgiveness that came in was supposed to then flow out. Anything that just flows in and doesn't flow out is dead like the Dead Sea. But a river, a flow needs an in and an out, an in and an out. And he goes to release that and he just can't, he can't in that space. You see, my behavior towards God my sin and my offense, the way I treated my wife when I spoke death over her, the way I skipped past the opportunity to share God's word, the word of life to someone that I just walked past or I had conversation with and the moment was there, but I didn't do it and I was disobedient to God. And these are the sins that I'm talking about, the toxic thoughts that I had towards someone or something and I knew was wrong the envy bubbling up in me for more and more stuff or greed or just thinking about me, myself, and I being so selfish. These are the things that we carry. And yet when someone else does something to us, we can't even forgive them. In Luke 19 verse 41, it says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. This is Jesus saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. He's walking in and he's about to be chained up. He's about to be uh, whipped. He's about to be beaten. And he's about to take to that cross. Why? To make for your peace. Your peace was made by Jesus on that cross for you. And, and would you fix the flow? If there's in you a place where, look, you, there's a blockage in your life, would you fix that flow? Let me show what the flow looks like. If we can put a slide of um, the soul, the circles, that would be great. We got that? Might be back one or two. Yeah, let's click that once. Awesome. So we've got our spirit inside. We've got our soul. We've got our body. That's who we are as a being, spirit, soul, and body. So our body, our sight, smell, touch, taste, 
our, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and then spirit, which is our communion with God, our relationship with, with God, our convictions, and revelation comes from our spirit. So get this. All right, click it again. So the world, what happens out from us, it comes in, and it, we, we acknowledge, we receive that through our body, our sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, and it comes in, we get offended, okay? And then often, right now, the offense comes in and we react outside in. Now that is being a human being. But Jesus hasn't called us to be just human. He's told us, He's called us to live supernaturally, where He reverses the flow, where we fix the flow, where we don't just respond and react from outside in, but we start to react from our spirit, from inside out. So click it again. This is how it should go. Where, hey, something happens to us. And instead of going outside in, this is how I feel now. This is my mind, will, and emotions are now so angry. No, no, no. We then start to live from inside out where our spirit, where Jesus is releasing this forgiveness, not only to us, but then we flow. That flows from inside out and we forgive others for what they've done to us. And that, why? Because it's supernatural. The forgiveness that we have for our sins, the stuff ups you've done, it's supernatural that you're right with God. So now would you fix the flow and would you say, hey, yep, I wanna give that to you now. That's God's heart for us. So would we just stand to our feet? Would you close your, hat, your eyes? Just in this meeting, just in this time as we're gathered, I want to pray for people that as I'm talking about offense that you know, you know in your life, yeah, you, you've been offended and you've still got that. You've still got that offense in you. I would love to pray. I'd love to pray for you. Oh, Father God, if that's you, just lift your hands to God. See it, all eyes closed. Just lift your hands to God. That's it. That's it. This is a time of humility. This is a time of going, yeah, you know what? You get right. Father God, I just pray for every single person here that knows that, that has this sense inside them that, yeah, that there's been something in them that they've harbored. There was a fence that sank that someone did. Maybe it was many years ago. Maybe it was this week. Maybe it was yesterday. But Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bring such a revelation into how much forgiveness they've, they've received, Lord. I pray, Lord, would you open their eyes up to receive, to see how much they've received the forgiveness that's been released over their offenses with you. And Father God, I pray that that would help unlock their gratefulness, their gratitude to what you've done for them. Lord, that would unlock the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace that's needed for these other people. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. This doesn't necessarily mean they trust the person, but this means right now that they release whatever is in or have, they have had over their life, whatever has been hurt or has hurt them, 
whatever has come and tried to steal, kill, and destroy in their life. In Jesus' name, I pray that you break the power of those words over their lives. I pray you break the, the, the hold that the enemy has over them in that space and in that circumstance. And I pray, God, that your love, that your transformation, that your healing falls. I thank you, Father God, that they'll walk out free and free indeed. I thank you, Jesus, that healing in all areas, maybe it's mentally, physically, God, I pray that you would release that over their lives right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing this.